Welcome to episode 36 of the Waiake, my podcast to help you take your brand to new heights online. In this episode, I wanted to share with you the wisdom of my three co-panelists from the recent Harcourts Real Estate Conference. We were interviewed by Troy Rawati Forbes, who has for the past few years been the conduit between New Zealand's largest telco and our nation on Twitter and Facebook. Having experienced the highs of branding brilliance and the lows of national outages and email hacks, Troy is in good space to bring out the best of my fellow guests and to prompt me into saying a few things of merit too. Coming from quite different backgrounds, it was really interesting to get some diverse perspectives, yet hear some common themes as to what's best practice when using social media to grow your audience and business. Um, I'll let you hear Troy give the impressive introductions, I cringed through mine, but I really think there's some value here even if you're outside of the real estate industry, um, for those that just want some extra nuggets on how best to make the most of social media, some of these new platforms, and what we consider best practice. I hope you find it useful. So I'd like now to uh, introduce our panellists while your kind of lunch settles, coffee kind of sets in, those kinds of things. So, from closest to all the way down there in Raglan, um, our first panellist is widely believed to have invented the internet. Not actually true, <laughs> but she has redefined digital content, commerce, business, and networking over and over and over again. She is the director of nzgirl.co.nz, and bloggerspot.com limited, and that would be enough to sound impressive. It's impressive enough that I want to take a nap, but it's even more. She is also the CEO of Flossy.com, linking customers to businesses via smart mobile technology. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Janine Crossan. <laughs> Moving onwards, you wouldn't believe that this young panelist has been with Spark for a decade. Which in digital is just ridiculous and forever and eternities and dinosaurs and there is beginnings. But a few people embody the, the brand's evolution from telecom to where it is today a spark better than this one. She started off as a part-time retail store assistant and has worked her way through PR, strategic comms, and advertising en route to her new role as the social media marketing manager for Spark Her Mobile and Business. She shares her life, her food, and a new ginger kitten. Through
30 minutes, minus the 19 I just used up. So we're going to blaze through topics that are hopefully going to be near and dear to your heart as they already are to the panelists here. Uh, Janine, I'm going to throw this one straight to you. Social networks are personal. It's people communicating with people. And companies need to be transparent in their actions. How do you put people first in your digital strategy? Very good question, Troy. Can you guys have any Okay, great. Uh, look, the first thing is to understand what you're about. The purpose is the most important thing that you've got to get right. You've got to know why you're there, what the, the things that you serve to people, and then you're able to look at the content and understand how you can actually make that human. Um, I guess what I coach my team a lot on is don't think about it as a marketing channel, stop thinking of it as communications, think about it as talking about to a real person. So, if you think about from that point of view, what would you want to see? How would you want to see position? What do you find interesting? So I think we do something a lot, but it's like add the human element. Jess, is that really true for you? Yeah, definitely. That's um, how we've been into that at the start. Um, it's about having those sort of one-to-one -one conversations and remembering that you're, it's not a billboard, it's not a um, channel that you can use to kind of go out and broadcast. You are actually having real conversations with people, so making sure it's interesting. Um, and one of the kind of key things that we talk about in my team is would I watch this? Would I look at this? Would I find this useful? Would I find this engaging? And actually, it sounds really simple, but it's a really good sort of starting point with social is to think about the end user and the fact that this is turning up in someone's news feed and that it needs to be interesting enough for them to look at it. Rochelle, do you agree? Disagree? What's your view? No, I completely agree with um, what the girls have said. I also think that you just need to be um, mindful of not posting something for the sake of posting something, which is a real big no-no. Um, I know, especially if you're getting into social media, um, if you're a newbie, you kind of have a, have a content calendar or ideally have a content calendar, but don't just post for the sake of posting. Make sure it is useful, insightful, entertaining, or you know has relevance to the people you're speaking to. Nick, bumping all that together, how do you align putting people first with a business objective? Yeah, good question. Um, one of the things we're trying to address here is um, making sure that if we do create a piece of content here, that it's not non-tent, it's something that is of value. And we, we put it through that sort of asset test. We talk in the team and say, hey, look, if you would come across this on the site, is it valuable for you? If you found it on social media, would you share it? That same sort of thing. But um, we'll also throw in tie to a stage that someone might be in and they're selling their house process or you know, if they're looking and searching or and keeping them engaged and thinking of us as a brand so that they could all come back to us when they do want to sell. Um, and we can tie that through to you know, a simple metric like are they coming and spending time on site, are they you know, liking and sharing our posts and that sort of thing. In, in your experience, you probably get a bit closer to the bone, um, can you pluck out a thin a piece of real estate content that has just blown yourself off? Um, I can, it's kind of a, a, a given as um, There's a couple, and for those who were in the session early on this morning, um, that Leslie ran, um, she talks about Pinterest being a channel that's interesting because you, know, you can create a board that helps people get ready to sell their house. Um, you can go through a collection, pick through some images, see how they're going to style their room. And there was a lady, um, if you hunt her down, she's Irene Turner, um, and she runs Sonoma style and has the population of New Zealand following her on Pinterest. Since four yeah, point awesome. something million people, uh, 57,000 pins that she's put on the board, well, I'm presuming her, her, her PA has. Um, but yeah, it's uh, one of her main sources of traffic through to the websites. Uh, but it's all well thought through, and it's, you know, with that filter, is this useful? Is it something that someone could find and share and um, take value from? Yeah, 
Okay, um, the, the P words. So pri prior to getting in here today, had everybody in the room actually heard of Pinterest? Anyone have? Um, it's a female slot, isn't it? <laughs> you would be surprised. Or, no, you would be surprised, I think. Um, I actually, no, actually, no, you would be surprised. But you also would. I, I actually use it to detail what I'm reading, what I'm watching, and whatnot. Um, possibly to appeal to females in my family at birthday and Christmas time. But at the same time, I'm a notorious, I've become, aimed to become a notorious list taker. If I'm Pinterest, it's as easy as looking at something writing down as well. That, that, that revisit it later on. Um, with respect to Pinterest and um, Snapchat, which are both emerging, or as you can say, Twitter and Facebook have emerged, Jess, I'm looking straight at you for this one. <laughs> Would you say that um, the emergence of these channels have made Twitter and Facebook yesterday's news? Uh, no, definitely not. I think it's um, about making sure you've got the right sort of channel mix. Um, so obviously Snapchat lends itself to a really um, kind of fast, quick storytelling. I wouldn't, you wouldn't be kind of doing anything too serious to it. Um, but, but that's where you can kind of use Facebook and Twitter and um, you know, things like Instagram and Pinterest to sort of help to supplement your um, social channels. So for example, um, I actually have a little sister who works in real estate, um, and she has a Facebook page, um, and she uses that for sharing her listings because what she recognises is that actually this is a great broadcast. You know, I can tell the people that um, interest in me as a real estate agent about the listings that I have, and then she does fun little things kind of off to the side on um, Snapchat and Instagram where she shares things like. Um, her favourite interiors of houses that she's been in, um, tips and tricks on how to style your home. Um, she does before and after shots on Instagram of your know, people's bedrooms before they've been styled and after they've been styled to show people how to best um, to, you know, do some of those kind of like little things that people might not be necessarily thinking about when they're in the house purchase um, cycle. So um, I kind of feel like as long as you're sort of thinking about the natural use of the platform, so Snapchat is sort of 10 second stories, they can be video or stills, um, then you can actually think about how you might want to use that, maybe spar after 24 hours, you might think about how you might want to use that to sort of supplement your strategy. So for example, if you're at an auction, it might be a, hey guys, this is a quick reminder, I'm down here on site, um, we're an hour away from starting, so if you've forgotten or you want to pop down and have a look, it would love you to join us, you know, there's hot scones coming out of the oven. You know, there's some really nice little short form stuff you can do on it, but you wouldn't necessarily push that out on Facebook. So I think it's all just about getting the next right and kind of thinking about who your audience is and those different channels. That's, I was just going to jump in there, Jess. Um, it's also about who you, exactly who your audience is. So really defining what type of house you're selling to the right person is an investment property. You're probably not necessarily going to put that on Snapchat. Um, it seems to be young, younger demographic. Um, so actually knowing the channels and who your target audience is and where they are and how they're behaving within those. Janine, how do you decide what um, when it's time to jump in and actively start using a um, social network for business? Gosh. There are zillions. Yeah. How do you carry it down? Yeah, so I was thinking, thinking about that. Um, I think we're really fortunate within our businesses that we've got um, you know, structures that allow us to put our toes into all sorts of those things. And um, if I'm operating in a business where I'm responsible for the marketing of what's in front of me, my products and services, and I've got limited time, and I have a number of friends who are real estate agents, and I know that they, they want to be able to use them, but they've got only use them hours a day. I would absolutely be picking my battles as to where you're going to get your quick wins. 
The coolest thing about where you guys are at the market right now is the supply and demand um, equilibrium is working very much in your favour. Uh, and that people just can't find houses. <laughs> they really want them. Uh, and so there's this really good opportunity within the content uh, using Facebook where you can help get people what they want faster. Uh, you know, Rochelle and I have a mutual friend who looked at something like 150 yeah. houses at open homes before she found her house. Now, she's got young children, I'm willing to bet she would rather have done that digitally uh, <laughs> than spending her Saturdays. But she was so over it by the time she got to the house that she was turning up and she had very, very clear <laughs> questions of what she wanted out of it. Um, and she was signing and ready to sign a cheque on the spot for a deposit and walk away. So, look, this is how desperate a lot of people are feeling right now. And I think given that, and you know where they're at, and, and your objective is to sell a house, then surely if you can use digital as a way to help facilitate that, then brilliant. And I do pick my battle, I'd be picking Facebook. Um, Rochelle, I'm really going to tap you for, um, for insight on this one, because I think it's pretty key. Well, the growing majority of first home buyers are kind of Generation Y, and I think there's a need to understand their expectations. How, how, how might our realtors begin to understand those expectations? I think expectations for them is they want it and they want it now. Um, <laughs> myself, yeah, <laughs> I was say, don't we all? Um, but actually being helpful, I've just gone through the house purchasing and sale process myself in the last six months. I had a real estate agent through each of the firms, um, I told them how much money I had to spend and what my criteria was, and then I had a small time frame to purchase a house because I was just having, having a baby. Um, the only per people that came back to me constantly every week with new listings were Lisa and Stephen Stone from Harcourt, so congratulations to them. Um, Thanks, you're in there. Oh, you're there! Yay! But um, everybody else, I couldn't believe that they weren't um, wanting to jump on, on that win or, you know, I had the money, I was ready to purchase. But I would have quite happily, um, yeah, by all means digital, let, let me know what's happening, not just via an email. I want to know all the listings as soon as they're out. Um, trade me, send an email every Tuesday. So instead of that being the thing that I wait for, you know, put your listings up. Why does it have to wait for a Tuesday? And probably a whole re lot of reasons why. But, um, <laughs> you know, get them up there. Get me excited. Get me in before the open homes. You know, let me know the information. That's for me and, I suppose, other Gen Ys. Can I say yeah. something? Yeah, absolutely. Um, really, I think that's a really valid point, Rochelle, because I think if I bought this up myself and felt like I was added to a list as opposed to treated as a human, and I think that's really hard in a time when you know, the supply and demand as it is, where people are so busy and they're just trying to get through it all, how, why is it even worthwhile for them to do so? And I think yeah. it's about that relationship build over the long period of time. And I think particularly when you go up the property ladder, and obviously the value of those houses are getting you know, bigger and bigger, um, the, the building that relationship means I'm going to go with that person all the way through that, that um, chain. And our last experience wasn't great, and she didn't follow through in any kind of way afterwards, and so we wouldn't go back to her, and yet the next time we would. How is this going to look to digital? Because that's how, it's, it's about the communication, and I think this is the conversation we have a lot with brands, is it's not a marketing channel. It is a way in which you can have a relationship with a customer, and that's where I am, that's how I live my life, and if you can use it as a way to stay in my life, I will go to you the next time. Yeah. And I will recommend you to all my friends. Does that sound exactly like your strategy? It's exactly what, what's Does that sound exactly like your strategy? <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> when, we, when we execute, yeah, that's what we're aiming to get to is somewhere where we can have that ongoing content for people to be able, people to, be able to share, to be able to you know, give to their friends. And yeah.
Oh, sorry, I'll speak into it. <laughs> Thank you. Threaten that mic, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'd like to have, that's the strategy we're working towards, which is having content that you guys can um, repurpose and make hyper-local. Yeah. And, you know, make sure that it's relevant for your local market. Um, again, I'm going to steal from the speakers that have come before today, and they've all been saying, you know, if you can make a wonderful, uh, I'm in Torbay, so if, there's a, if there was a video guide to Torbay, uh, that explained all of the benefits of living there and it came with your branding, I'd be really keen to see that and to share it with people that I want to come and live in my neighbourhood. Yeah. <laughs> um, you just rendered my next question completely redundant <laughs> by me, which was around, um, although no, actually, you actually can provide an excellent segue into um, this regardless, and that is, can you please explain what you see the role of the real estate agent using digital to actually build communities? To build communities. Oh, build I think communities. there's an opportunity for you to build a community. And that's an abstract, mm -hmm. and it's yeah. a literal, because when you sell a property, you yeah. move a family in, you're building a community. Yeah, no, Run I, away I, with it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what you guys should be doing, you know, to be, um, yeah, to becoming the sort of the, the font, the source of knowledge, not only on real estate for your area, but also on the local area. You know, if you can touch back and come back with um, the best cafes, the best local cafes, um, a, a top ten list of beaches for your area, that type of thing. Yeah, excellent. Um, Jess, you just found a new place to rent. Um, how how kind of how close to your heart were those considerations, and how easy was it for you to kind of access um, online information? How did you make your decision about where you're living? Uh, Troy, I was actually nearly 15 years down the road. <laughs> um, so I have a real affinity um, in my neighbourhood. Um, yeah, so we all decided to kind of move on as a flat and we look, we're looking for a house in the neighbourhood. Um, it's, I, I mean, I kind of think that that's a beautiful thing about real estate life is that often what you're doing is you're dealing with people on a local level who are really passionate about the area they're in and can give you those kind of top tips, like, um, and obviously a little bit different for me because I was very determined to stay in the block. Um, <laughs> but um, it was, you know, it's that whole thing about like, actually being here, this is what the community is like. I remember when I first moved into that neighbourhood, um, and just to give you some context, it's two blocks that um, sit behind Victoria Park Market, so there's sort of like five or six residential houses sort of scattered throughout it and it's quite difficult to find places there but they're beautiful and they love this sort of place. Um, and so, but like when I first moved in there I was really interested in the heritage of that kind of particular neighbourhood, what was the local business association doing, there was a community garden, there was a huge amount of work going on with Victoria Park Market and I just kind of think that that's where, um, as Denise had touched on, you know, like those sort of personal relationships when you're passionate about the area you can kind of sell the community then you've got people that really want that dream moving into the area as well and then you're kind of building communities that way as well as in a um, kind of digital sense. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, that's sort of my support so much, you know, having done that little transition. <laughs> it's very hard. Um, okay, that was beautiful. Um, so, so time for a hard question. Um, how critical is it in this day and in this age, the real estate agents embrace social as a way to carry out the business. We'll go front. <laughs> You'll go front. <laughs> I, I don't care what industry you work in. If you don't embrace digital, you will not continue in your businesses. It is as simple as that. And I know um, I speak as a digital native that's been in this space for 20 years, and so I have a slight penchant for the whole thing. 
Um, but I can absolutely categorically tell you that it's not a trend, it's not going away, it's not a fad, it's not something that the kids are just into it. Um, it's, my mum's out of it, you know, it's, <laughs> we're finally all getting there. And it, it isn't just a marketing channel, it is a way of life. It is all about how do I make life easier for people? How do I help them get what they want? How do I fix the pain? And that's what every single business needs to inspect and understand what their purpose is. And that comes from Frontier, uh, you know, all the big companies across New Zealand Spark, you know, everybody has to reimagine their proposition because the game has fundamentally changed. And if you're not prepared to make these changes, then I suggest you get off the track. Because <laughs> the reality is you will get left behind. And it's it, it's not scaremongering because I think it's it's really easy to take that different approach. And the one thing I try to remind people of is that it's new for everybody, it's always changing, nobody has any answers. The key thing is to be keen to try and learn, fail, start again, try. And the, within that, being a human and being willing to actually acknowledge that aspect of, of what you do is why people will allow you that, that part of the journey. So it's, I, mean, I don't think it's any different for a a startup or a growing business than it is for a corporate, there's really similar things in any industry that you're taking on board right now. But So when you kind of have a reality check that big and then um, you put in place some social strategies and you have results almost straight away, it's a really great way to kind of track to your audience and realise the things that do work and the things that don't work and you can experiment with it, you can fun with it, it's actually not that scary um, and it's relevant so you will be, you know, the people that will be in this space will be seen as being more innovative than people that aren't. And I think that's something that will attract both buyers and sellers. Um, my turn? <laughs> um, I think that what you should guys should also do is use your customers or the people who are coming through the front doors of your open home. Ask them that what, what they want to see. Ask them what they want to hear. Ask them what um, channels they use. You know, don't just put, how did you hear me, trade me, whatever. Ask them the stuff that would be insightful for them. And that can be your plan for the next month, two months. Um, maybe ask them what stage they're at. Is this their first home, their second home? Um, are they having babies? Why are they changing? Why are they moving? Find out all that information from them and then over time you can build a portfolio um, using obviously Harcourt's content um, and repurposing other people's content. You totally don't have to create your own content. Just make sure you of a source of where it's come from don't steal it um, so yeah just just ask your people that you're engaging with um, people don't mind sharing information with you and then also think about how you use or consume things yourselves um, do you go you know via Facebook do you go into the Herald app how, how do you use your technology are you a multi-screen user do you watch TV and do something you know how are you consuming 
So if you get a good understanding of how you're doing it, you can actually understand how other people are doing it too. Yeah, that, uh, we can't ignore it. Um, you know, we had Jason talking to us a lot this morning about the new technology that we're developing internally. What's going on to market to be able to help us um, work in this digital space and the online space. Um, you know, I, I can't name the name of the one I was working for because I'm on this panel, but um, yeah, a couple of years back we decided that we would switch a lot of our money that we were spending on tarps to reach potential audience with our adverts into videos on Facebook because it was a larger mass market audience. Yep. You know, and we could guarantee we could see exactly who opened what, what resonated with the 35 to 45 year old bracket. Did Torbay hate this message? You know, mm -hmm. Does this resonate with Otaku? You know, they, we, we could tell you exactly who was targeting it. And we could even decide if we wanted to, to give a specific message to one area that was having an outage. Mm -hmm. and, and not tell the other customers. You know? Just keep them happy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that sounds a little bit like a cautionary warning, but the benefits are kind of awesome. So to ease kind of social newbies in, pretty quick tips from top to bottom, starting with Janine. Well, when you're completely overwhelmed with how you're actually going to go about this, you could give Rochelle a call. your time each week um, as, well in as well as taking time to grow it so don't expect instant results and don't be um, deferred by it but do try and create a content calendar so you know that you are pushing out a post whether it's one a week to start with or one a day if you can um, so that you actually do have a bit of a plan with Facebook you can schedule posts so whether it's that you actually put an hour aside each week and you go, okay, I'm going to find five posts that are going to be shared this week and schedule them, um, and then you know that they're going out. But make sure that you keep checking it so that you can respond to people that are um, making comments, comments, because you can't just post and leave. That is not okay. <laughs> Big no-no. <laughs> so that would probably be my, my um, tip, would be having a content calendar. Yeah, I've got one. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's the yeah, fantastic points. Um, and I think perhaps all, all I would add would be to, to think of what your niche is um, and you know, how best you can serve your clients and then to think with them first. So think your clients first. What, are they, what would they want to know from you or what, what's missing and you know, how could you help them out? 
just be of service to them. Uh, I've got a couple to add. Um, the first one is when, when, when you encounter a social network that's new to you, let alone being new to anyone, feel free to play with it. Um, a, a, lot of, a lot of the stuff I've learned is simply from taking a walk and playing. And that's kind of, because you, you get to learn first of all how a mobile app interacts with your smartphone and how you interact with that. You get kind of really good live training on how to actually work stuff out. Ultimately, you may not have any more of it than a good time, but occasionally you may surprise yourself. And it's through, it's, it's through playing experimentation like that that, you know, with, I can speak to Spark specifically, that our Snapchat and um, Instagram channels really took off. Prior to that, it was playing around with Facebook as a means of doing stuff other than sharing pictures of my dog. And that's a really important thing to kind of consider when you're looking at using Facebook for anything other than communicating with friends. And it's a battle that I think all of us have kind of had to fight to a degree when a stakeholder has come to us and said, oh, well, can you put this on the internet? It takes two minutes. It's like, no, no, it takes two minutes for you to post to your family, yes, but we've got to consider all, all the risks. Copy's got to be correct. Is it on brand? Is it on brand for me? All of this stuff. So my other tip, other than have play and enjoy it and learn, is to understand that social is not free. If it doesn't cost you any money, it will cost you in time. If it doesn't cost you in time, it will cost you in resource. And um, Rochelle made an excellent point about being reactive and responsive. It's not just about sticking up a billboard or an ad shell or something in the back of the bus and just watching the world run away with it. Be prepared to respond. Um, this seems like a bit of a thematic loop, but I'm also in the um, sale and purchase process. And buying a house, I sold mine last week, actually, by myself. Um, oh. sorry. <laughs> however, however, however um, to Harcourt's credits, it's been their agents who have been the most useful in yeah. trying to help me find a new one. And uh, with a particular shout-out to the team all the way out west, it would be amazing. More amazing if we actually get a house, but that's kind of beside the point. Um, being on resource reactivity is massive. That's what actually gives you community building. That's what actually makes you social. That's the difference between broadcast and having a partnership. But it is what your buyers want. It is what your buyers need. And sometimes, this is a biggie, answering one question to one person out in the open can often tick boxes for 20 to 50 to 100 to 1,000 more people sitting there. Wish I knew the answer to that. And then they did. So in a way, it is broadcast. Offer one-to-one. And my clock is telling me that is literally pretty much totally it. So first of all, thanks for listening, and thanks for listening heaps. Did anyone learn anything today that they actually already knew but didn't really know, but now they know that they can actually apply to their business plan? Yeah, you're, you're grinning at me like you definitely did. <laughs> um, now you can actively put some of the stuff into practice. If you knew everything already, and didn't learn a thing because you knew it all, come and talk to us and we'll put you on the panel next year. <laughs> However, we will make you answer all of the questions while everybody else just gets sandwiches and drinks. <laughs> so thanks for turning up. It's been amazing. Thanks to the panel and have an awesome rest of the day.